Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is five must-haves for the ideal beach read. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always looking on the beachy side of life, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Did you have before the beachy side of life, or was that influenced just by our conversation when I was talking about all the doom and gloom in life? Um, well, it was just a happy coinky-dink, as they say. Uh, uh, we were just talking off air just before we came on here and TB was saying that I am if I was a, a, a movie or TV channel I'd be the Hallmark channel and uh, we couldn't quite decide what TB would be is there a doom and gloom channel uh, did you come up with one well I mentioned HBO because it does have like the very like dramatic shows and but I don't really want to be called like the Game of Thrones one because that one's very violent towards women and I don't really want no. to be that one I was going to well, say doom and gloom probably be Fox News, but you probably wouldn't want to be a, a, associated with that either. I'm guessing. I wish you just didn't even say that. Perhaps <laughs> it's like extremely insulting. <laughs> do, you, do you know? I realised this week or a couple of weeks ago, we've got our own version of Fox News now in the UK. It's called GB News, and it does nothing but spout bile into the world. So yeah, isn't yeah. it owned by Murdoch? I think so. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really seen any clips of it, but because uh, there's been a big downfall of Philip Schofield over here, uh, and so there's been a lot of na- mudslinging and name-calling, and so there's been a lot of clips of it on social media, and um, I was thinking, my God, like, I, 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 hope I, I hope to never see it in real life. Yeah, it's, it's scary the amount of people who do want to sell doom and gloom. I don't want to sell doom and gloom. I just happen to always be stressed. You're the frothy but... fictional doom and gloom. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, you know, stressed and such, but my stories aren't doom and gloom. I, you know, they have the HEAs and everything, but how am I doing? So I don't know if you remember this. On the last podcast, I mentioned that the, the translation of the AM show wasn't ranking mm. on in the uh, German store. So uh, I'm happy to report not only is it ranking, but it shot up to number one, and it's been there for well over a week. It climbed to uh, number 239 in the entire German store. Wow. Which which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Which was pretty amazing since it's our first uh, translation in the market. It is a new marketplace for Miranda and me. And um, a certain sapphic publisher told me I was too big of a risk to publish the German market. So I went the indie route with it, which is uh, expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive. And um, I was extremely nervous. I was nervous when I launched that one because, um, you know, when you're told you're too big of a risk, you won't sell, and the cost and everything, but um, I knew it was a marketplace that is growing, so I didn't want to miss out on it. So it's just a reminder that not all the gatekeepers are always know what's best, and it's something I think indies are proving almost daily by being more nimble and not listening to the no's. Absolutely, and uh, well done you. No, that's really good news. Excellent. Um, I think we need we need to actually put a call out to everybody. Get into the get into translations, but especially into the um, the four big markets. Um, I think Germany is probably the biggest, but Brazil and Italy and France are also uh, speeding up. So, but Germany is definitely the 
the quickest growing at the moment. So um, yeah, if you can get your books uh, into German, the cost in the um, upfront is is it is expensive, but um, it's growing. And if one book does well, the likelihood is that the next book will do well as well. So uh, yeah, definitely. But that's great news. Yes. I would definitely caution you to um, weigh the cost and everything first because it is expensive. It's yeah. almost as expensive as uh, paying for an audiobook. Well, I guess it depends on the narrator and everything, but yeah, it's costly. And um, there's also that whole you don't speak the language, so you're really trusting. <laughs> you have to get a, a decent um, translator and editor for it. And then we also had proofreaders as well. So yes, yeah, it's yes. a bit nerve wracking experience, but yes, yeah, so that's doing well. So that puts my mind at ease somewhat. So not so much doom and gloom right there. That was you, look at me looking on the bright side. But you are debunking that myth from the off with some positive, happy news. There you go. And other positive, happy news, uh, my next co-write with Miranda, a flight plan is back from the editor. So that means it'll be going live soon. This is a fake relationship between a billionaire media mogul and a woman on the run. It was a lot of fun to write. It's one of those uh, love stories that uh, we like writing where um, there's a little bit of a, a mystery behind it. So it's always like what happens next. And to me, that's like one of the best parts of writing, the, all the excitement of what all the possibilities, all the possibilities. So um, so that one will be coming out soon-ish. So I'm excited to get that one out there. So another another good thing happening. TV, you, have you been have you been injected with positivity today? I'm loving it. Well, I I like to describe myself as uh, the most optimistic pessimist you'll ever meet. <laughs> I really hope for the best. I just expect the worst, but I really really hope for the best. I don't like to be sad, and I want everyone to live their best lives. I just hope for the best. Can we just hope for the best? You want but. to be on the Hallmark Channel, don't you? I can see it. I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure I'm at that stage yet, but <laughs> other news, Adrian J. Smith and I are on draft two of Arco, right? We're hoping to get that ready for the developmental edit before I head out of town on June twenty third. So TikTok, we're recording this on the thirteenth of June, so ten days. We got ten days to whip it into shape to get it to the developmental editor. Um, sadly, we are more than halfway done with the Pride Month. This means that we've already featured 19 sapphic trailblazers. We have 11 more to go. I've learned a lot this month with um, individuals who um, some I hadn't heard of before, and a lot of musicians as well. So I've been I've been getting a lot of uh, tips for new musicians to support. So that's kind of fun, and uh, my my listening experiences has been. Uh, there's more spice to it, more varieties, and so I'm happy about that. In other news, Miranda and I launched the iHeart Sapphic Patreon account, and we're thrilled by how many um, people have joined us so far. Uh, while we're on our GCLS road trip, the 2023 road trip, so if you're binging this in uh, 2025, um, it's already happened. <laughs> but for our 2023 uh, GCLS road trip, every patron, no matter what level you are, will get a daily behind-the-scenes update. So this is the question, how much trouble am I going to cause on the road trip? I tend to get in trouble, not intentionally. I just I just am one of those people when I leave the house and things happen. Um, how many tit shirts will I wear on the trip? So if you are curious to find out, sign up for our IHS Patreon and get the daily updates. We'll also be sharing about our travels and sharing photos from the road and everything. And, and I think we'll be sharing photos from GCLS as well. So yeah, so that's a, a good way to get the behind the scenes look. Um, 
now I have to kind of go into some sadness. Sorry. <laughs> but the road trip isn't all fun uh, because right now I am going through a lot of pain <laughs> prepping everything that has to take place while we're gone, especially for iHeartSafic. So I'm prepping all the posts. I'm prepping everything ahead of time. And I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago I said I wanted to be four days ahead. Now I have to be almost like four weeks ahead. <laughs> that is a lot at once. So that's causing me a lot of stress. How many weeks there, ahead do you think you are in reality? We have several things that are happening on IHS. Like we do like the daily celebrations. We do the, um, we're right now for the month we're doing the Sapphic Trailblazers. And then we have the regular newsletters. Um, all about the books. Like the, all about the books are scheduled for June. The daily celebrations I think I'm scheduled for a week ahead. And the Trailblazers, about five days. So I got some work to do. But in good news, this past weekend, uh, Miranda and I met up for lunch. We had a thrilling round of putt-putt. And then we topped it off with some ice cream. And if you've been listening to us from the very beginning, beginning, I don't know why I butchered that word, from the very beginning, you might remember that mint chocolate chip ice cream used to be my favorite. And then I got COVID. And then I hated it. But it was a hot day when we played putt-putt. Um, and so my other go-to ice cream, chocolate and peanut butter, this sounded a little too heavy for after a hot day. So I tried mint chocolate chip. It's back. I like it. Well, it's back. You know I'm what? past the COVID <laughs> hatred of wow. mint chocolate chip ice cream. I feel like my heart just sort of burst with, with, with happiness there because, you know, you did you used to love mint chocolate chip ice cream and that that debate rumbled on if you go back go back and listen to our first 50 episodes we talked about mint chocolate chip ice cream <laughs> virtually every fucking episode i hate it tb loves it it's basically toothpaste and chocolate in a in an ice cream why would you want it and also you know i'm allergic to nuts and so like peanut butter is just like the absolute an absolute no for me so both your ice cream choices i never knew that one um and not and not mine but you know it shouldn't be a surprise should it uh that we have very different taste in ice cream <laughs> but i'm glad tb i'm glad for you that you got to enjoy a, a mint chocolate chip ice cream why can't i say that also can i just clarify what the fuck is putt putt is that is that pitch and putt or is that mini crazy golf mini golf it's, it's mini golf mini golf we, right. we call it putt putt here uh, well some people call it mini golf uh, what's pitch and putt pitch and putt is when you you it, it's kind of a small golf course so it's like a, maybe a par three par four oh no this is one of those silly ones where there were like um well this one didn't have windmill there was a windmill but you didn't have to shoot it through the windmill but no it's one of those ones where um it's a silly fun as a family okay. we went to uh, a place that i forget the name of it but it's like a family area where Mm. They have like arcades. It's a massive farm. And so who, they have who like won? Arcades. Huh? Who won? Well, I did. Oh. <laughs> so did uh, Miranda have to buy the ice creams? She did buy the ice cream. She did buy the ice cream. That wasn't that wasn't the um, thing. Uh, so, but no, she did buy the ice cream. Maybe maybe she did. Maybe she did do that because she because I won. But um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a nice weekend, and also it was like a beautiful day. We've had a lot of not-so-great days here, but it was a beautiful day. It was upper 70s, like zero humidity, which is unheard of this time of year, and it was just a lovely day, So, and we got to have fun because we have been, both Miranda and I, because she's also helping with the IHS stuff, and it's not all on my shoulders. She does her fair share as well. Yeah, we just needed a day out. We were supposed to work that day, and then I said, I can't do it. Let's do something else, and so we did something else. 
Good, good. Follow yes. me on from the putt putt. Um, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So what's going on 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 your side of the putt putt? My side of the pond pond. Um, it is it, it's beautiful here. Uh, London has sprung into summer. Um, it's a bit too hot. Uh, it's not like 40 degrees, uncomfortable level of hot, but it's 26, 27, which is basically too hot for London. Uh, but we were just in up, up in Yorkshire at the weekend. We had a magical weekend at my sister's. She's had her house redone. And so we had the spare room and then off the spare room, there's a balcony, a massive balcony, the size of her half her kitchen. And so, and it, it looks over rolling hills, beautiful, beautiful scenery. She lives like, you know, up in up in the, the, the hills of Yorkshire and it was 25 degrees. So it was, it was a gorgeous weekend. So we got to sit on a nice balcony in the sun, have a beer and yeah, it was lovely. So that was good. Um, sitting in my very hot office, um, which gets the sun from 4am to midday. So you have to have the blinds down. <laughs> and then in the afternoon, you're just sort of gently cooking. So that's not so fun. But you know, um, we moan about the wind and rain. So I'm not going to moan about the, the heat. But anyway, what have I been doing? I have been doing some writing and some editing and some writing and some editing. So a bit of that really. I don't feel like I'm getting very far with anything, but I just need to persevere and be consistent and show up because I know that I will, but it just seems slow going on everything at the moment. But there you go. Uh, I am writing and editing. Um, the other thing I did in the last couple of weeks was uh, I did the bulk price printing update on KDP Print. Now, if you don't know about this, uh, KDP Print are putting up their print prices. And so they've sort of said to you, if you want to not lose out any royalties, if you don't want to lose out, <laughs> if you don't, if you do, oh my God. I'm gonna well, I think what Claire's trying to say is they're raising the uh, printing cost because the cost of paper and everything is uh, increasing. So since they're raising the printing costs, it will cut into our royalties if they don't go. also raise the prices as well to match yes. the raise in the printing costs. Thank you. Thank you, TB. Anyway, um, I so it said, would you like us to raise the print uh, your print prices across the board, uh, just a click of a button. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. I clicked the button and then it raised all the prices to stupid prices, like just fucking random. Like, you know, I was going to lose, what, 56p. So it added 56p. So something that was 14.99 then went up to £15.53. And it's just like, no, that's not what prices are. Prices, you know, generally should be 99, ideally, something 99 or something 49. Although I think just stick to 99. That's sort of pricing psychology. Um, so then I had to go through my entire bloody catalogue and update all the prices anyway. It's totally ridiculous. So um, I thought they'd let you choose your prices and then update the lot, but no. So silly KDP, although we do love Amazon because they let us make a living, right? But that was a bit random. So if you did do that, just remember, go and check your prices because they might be all random. Mine were. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was, I was thinking of going that route because I have not done that yet in the um, June 20th deadline is, or the June 19th deadline is coming up. Also, just a pro tip for, because um, I see this a lot, um, when you're when you're price matching for your um, Amazon store of choice, if you're pricing to the Amazon.com or the Amazon.uk in the ebook pricing, you can still match it. And then when they suggest the price, um, like it'll, if you're selling the book for five ninety nine in the U.S. and they suggest like six ninety two in the U.K., you can go after that. You can go and manually adjust the cents or the pence 
to the 99. You don't have to stick with it so you can make it uh, clean because I do see a lot where I'm just like, oh, they just they just had Amazon price match and they didn't go in and clean up the prices. Exactly that. You have to go in and do it yourself for all currencies. So don't, don't be lazy and not do it because it does matter. Like I see so many books, US books in the UK market that have just got random prices and it, it just shows a lack of care to me. So I would say if you're an author, uh, do go in and make the prices relevant for all markets. On the plus side, there you go, the little bit of KDP a print bashing, but on the plus side with Amazon, um, I got asked to do some celebrity picks for Pride Month, um, which is nice. And they put the banner on the UK Kindle homepage, which is lovely. And the past three people to do the celebrity picks, TB, are you ready? Um, were Paris Hilton, Emily Henry, and Colleen Hoover. So the last two have sold a gazillion books between them, and Paris Hilton is just Paris Hilton. And then the next person they asked was me, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I don't know Emily. Who's Emily? Oh, Emily Henry. She's really, really good. I just I read uh, I've read two of her books actually. I didn't particularly like um, People We Meet on Vacation. She's a, a rom com author, like a straight romance basically, but straight rom com. Uh, but People We Meet on vacation I didn't love but I just read book lovers and it's a fucking masterclass I loved it wait what's book lovers book what's lo it about? it's by Emily Henry um yeah, but what's the storyline uh the storyline is uh one of them one of them's an editor they well, actually they're both book editors and uh one of them's from a small town and the other one goes back to the small town to, with her sister to sort of relive moments from one of her favorite books and they meet I, it's possible I have that one on audio because it was recommended, but I, I don't know. Right. But I wouldn't have known the name right. off the top of my head. Okay. Of, well, A, I'm terrible at names. Well, honest, so. em Emily Henry is, as I say, sold a gazillion books. Uh, and if uh, I have it on good authority that the other three are very good. And a lot of people did like people we meet on vacation. I just didn't. It didn't connect at all. But Book Lovers was fantastic. So that was nice. Yeah, it, I've just had quite a lot of... I've, and, oh, I think Hotshot made the Goodreads Pride list, which is nice. Um, and and I was in Diva magazine, someone told me this week. So I've had a lot of exposure. I need to lie down. Um, hey, is Diva still out there? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were defunct. Oh, no, Diva's still going. It's a bit late. It's a bit late because they were featuring Change of Heart. And I was like, okay, random came out nearly two years ago but fine review it if you like <laughs> so that's a that's an online magazine right that's uk based it's online but i think you can still buy it as well i think it's still a print magazine oh it's still print yeah i didn't know that those still existed <laughs> yeah no print magazine still going <laughs> wow yeah um other than that i have been um training four times a week i'm doing i'm doing like a training uh, regime at the moment so i'm in the gym four times a week i'm walking i'm eating well and i and i haven't really been drinking that much uh which for me is um you know a big thing not that i was drinking every day but you know i like a glass of wine with a meal or a beer in the sunshine so uh, but over the last few weeks um I, i'm trying to trying to get more in shape um and move a little more and be a bit more healthy so but i have been to a 50th birthday a wedding and a family do so that those ones i did all have a glass of wine because it was a free bar tb i'm i'm helpless in front of a free bar right but i went to things like i went to a drag show and drank soda and lime I know. And I went to Beyonce and drank coffee. But Beyonce, let's talk about Beyonce. Beyonce was amazing. Uh, she did a two and a half hour show. It was incredible. It was the best stadium tour I've ever been to, uh, hands down. So 
the show and the her energy and the dancers and like you know the whole the whole show the set was incredible my only my only complaint was she didn't do some of her massive hits so she didn't do irreplaceable which is my favorite and she didn't do single ladies and i just think with these massive artists they need to remember that the fans are there to hear you do your big hits right uh, she only did a verse and a chorus of crazy in love so while I do like her new album, and obviously she did that one, uh, and it was it was still an incredible concert, but Beyonce, to the left, to the left, right? But yeah, it all it always is kind of sad, like when you go see someone and you're expecting a certain song and then it doesn't happen, and then yeah. But obviously she has quite a few albums though, right? She does. So she did play, you know, but I probably I didn't. I'm not like I'm a massive Beyonce fan. It was my wife that wanted to go more than me, but actually I was thrilled that I went because I really did enjoy it. So anyway, and upcoming, I'm off to a yoga retreat next weekend. Uh, this comes out uh, on the, uh, yeah, ne- this weekend coming. So that's fun with a mate of mine. And then it's my mum's 90th birthday upcoming. So a fun family time awaits. Oh, does that mean she was born in 33? Mm-hmm. Wow, she's seen a lot of stuff. She has. Wow. Are you making a special banana cake this time? <laughs> she would love a banana cake. She would. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're getting a nice cake made. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a banana cake? It's not a banana cake or a banana <gasps> bread, TB. <laughs> Still sad, aren't you, that banana I, bread is not, banana cake is not banana extravaganza. I was, I was watching that show Firefly Lane that you recommended to me, and mm. there is a scene where um, people keep bringing over banana bread. And it made me think of you. Oh, oh, that's yeah. nice. Did you yeah. like Did you like Firefly Lane? I'm in the last season, and it's um, I'm in the last half of the last season, and it's very emotional. And now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we've only watched We've only watched the first series because everyone keeps telling me the second series is so emotional, and I'm not sure I'm up for it right now. It's rough going. I'm not gonna lie. We're we're currently watching uh, the ultimatum queer love, which is about five lesbian couples who uh, one of them has given the other uh, an ultimatum: marry me or or we're we're done. And so the obvious thing is to come on a reality TV show, uh, split up, get a tr- get another wife for three weeks, and see if you prefer them more, uh, and then come back to your original one, and then see if you know anything sorted out in your head. It's the obvious thing to do expert in romance i mean i write romance books but just when you say ultimatum i mean who likes an ultimatum <laughs> it's keeping us amused in the evening and i've seen quite a lot of comments on social media of people saying oh you know i couldn't watch it because it's making entertainment out of people's relationships and heartbreak but you know it's reality tv and i love a bit of uh, reality tv dating show so you know, I like the representation. I've watched enough reality TV with straight people, so it's quite nice to. It's quite nice that we get to go on and fuck up and be ridiculous as well. It's a, it's equal opportunities TV. That's what it is. You like reality TV? I did not know that. Hmm. I I don't like it all, but I like um like I love Married at First Sight. I don't watch Love Island or or The Bachelor or anything like that, but I loved Married at First Sight. And they've just had a one on BBC Three over here called I Kissed a Boy, which is the first gay dating show uh, and they've just commissioned I Kissed a Girl which is going to be the first uh, lesbian dating show so well done on the representation so, yes yes I but I'm still a little I'm still a little uh, baffled by your uh, reality show which is I'm not bashing reality shows uh, people people love them I have watched a few myself I can't remember any of them right now <laughs> like escaping me but again names 
titles, all those things. I'm not good at it. Let's go for comments. Got any? Alright, up first we have uh, Charlotte who says, Hi Claire and TB. I apologize for not commenting sooner because I love this podcast and have listened to every episode when it came out as I'm a fan of Claire's, as I was a fan of Claire's earlier podcast. When Claire said she was going with a financial advisor who didn't charge her a fee, I was alarmed. Nothing is free. If your financial advisor is not charging you a fee, he is selling you to financial institutions and you will be paying a percentage of your investments forever and that can quickly pass to 500 pounds. Great show as always and I always look forward to it. There you go, you got some, you got some free financial advice. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you for your concern but I have looked into it. Don't worry. Okay, so you, you've already you've already checked this guy out to see if he's selling your deets. Yes. All right. Well, that's good to know because I did read that and I was like, oh, I didn't think of that either. I no, it's the first thing I thought of. You know that they're going to have to get paid somehow. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. So I appreciate you, Charlotte, for looking out for us and raising the 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 flag on the on the plate. Was that? I don't know. That didn't come out right, did it? I don't know. Should we? I that's the only comment before we move on the coffees. Do you have a comment on your side? No comments. All right, so we have two coffee updates. Oh, exciting. First is from Mike. Hebe's explanation of Save the Cat clicked with me. I've tried working through the version related to novel writing, but got buried alive in the details never to be seen again. Something about the way TB summarized it helped me finally see the light. Yahoo! So I am looking. I am working on a mystery with queer characters, and I needed... Crafting, I need help crafting the story arc. Many, many thanks to you both. So, Mike, I'm very glad. I'm very glad I could help you with that. And um, I'm sorry, I, I totally flubbed the whole Yahoo. I didn't do it very excited. I think we need Claire to come in and do the Yahoo for us because I just, I just, I failed on that one. That was not very Yahoo y. <laughs> I liked it though, it amused me. And um, that's really good. That's that's really good that, uh, that you did uh, help Mike understand it all. So, Yahoo! We go. There we go. So one of us is gonna get it. It's not gonna be me, apparently. And then also Elizabeth Boz Coffee saying, "I'm loving the podcast. Thank you." So thank you, Mike and Elizabeth. We very much appreciate the support. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. Right, let's crash on to the topic at hand, which is um, five must-haves for the ideal beach read. Now we thought we'd do this one because it's beach. It's beach season, right? Uh, especially if you're in the uh, northern hemisphere. Um, so, and I'm sure if you're in Australia or New Zealand anyway, uh, you know, you can still probably go to the beach because it's still as hot there in the winter as it is in the summer, isn't it? Well, I'm, I'm, Depends on where you're at in those locations. Well, I know, but I'm just doing a sweeping generalisation, TB. Allow me. Now, I remember being in Sydney in June and sitting on a beach. It was 70 degrees and thinking, this is not, this is not autumn winter, is it? I digress. Uh, beach reads, yes, but we're we're in beach read season, so um, you know. But beach reads can be read any time of year, really, can't they? TB has come up with a list of five things that you should definitely have in your beach read. So I'm going to pass the mic over to her. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, last episode you said I needed to come up with a topic. In summer, is at the forefront of my mind right now. I'm getting ready to go on a road trip. I look forward to summer each year because. The winters in Massachusetts are brutal and they're long. So I was like, people also look very much forward to sitting on the beach and reading a book. So I did do a little uh, searching on the internet to see what people consider important to their beach reads. So here we go. The first one is going to be pretty obvious. Location is important. (laughs) 
I know we're talking about beach reads, but uh, most of those are associated with like kind of like summer reads, so or vacation reads and such like that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be set on a beach. I mean, that's plus points right there. It could be set on an island. It could be set on at a lake house. It could be set for hiking trails, camping. But um, a lot of the times people are reading these books. It's kind of like when they're reading holiday books, they want to like live through the books. They want to experience the feels of the holiday. And so when people are reading beach reads, they want to have the summer feels. So yes, your location should give summertime feels. So that's, that's the first point. Okay, we're moving on to the second point. Romance is key to a beach read. Um, even if you're writing a suspense or a mystery, a, a romance subplot. But I think we've talked in the past how like romance kind of kind of goes with almost every storyline. <laughs> I mean, even like Batman movies, um, there's a big romance plot in those. So yeah. So for beach reads, they tend to gen to um, gear or lean towards uh, romance. So I would say have a romance and that's going to lead me into point number three. If you're having a beach read and it has a romance and it is a romance, you're going to need the HEA. It's kind of vital in this part. Um, people are going to the beach, they are reading these books to relax, to have fun, it's escapism. Uh, they're probably not going to want to be bawling, where do you keep tissues when you're in a bathing suit? Um, so yeah, people are reading these for the happy feels, for the relaxed feels, to escape from the drudgery of everyday life. I had to add a little doom and gloom there. So yes. So you're going to want to have the HEA because otherwise it might be a bit disappointing for the people reading these books on the beach because they're expecting, they're not expecting like tear jerkers or anything like that. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I've written down here, uh, I think most of my, most of my books um, are classed as beach reads, I think. I couldn't be prouder of that. And, and I think that's because they're romances and they got a HEA and even though TB, uh, you know, her brand is uh, Doom and Gloom. Uh, she also writes romances with HEAs. So, um, my my author brand isn't Doom and Gloom. My personality is Doom and Gloom, <laughs> not my author brand. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> my it, stories are not Doom and Gloom. Your personal brand. <laughs> my life, my life is Doom and Gloom. <laughs> not not my brand, not, not my author brand. But um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then point number four, we're just going to breeze through these because, you know, it's summer and we're just going to breeze through everything. Um, it's, these, these books are meant to be, uh, they're designed to be read fast and they're supposed to be easy. They have low stakes. Again, this is escapism feeling. Um, people are wanting to read it while they're sitting on the beach on one day or they could, you know, have a vacation there. But um, they're, they're getting through them quickly. They shouldn't be overly complicated plots. It should be a fun, relaxing time for the reader to just escape and have the feels. And then the final, final key uh, part of this for a beach read is to have lovable characters, silly hijinks, and an absorbing premise. Now, what do these books sound like to you? Up my alley. That's what they sound. Yes, but they're very similar to holiday books that come out in the run-up to the December Madness. And I think they're kind of very similar, obviously different subjects. You know, you have like the madness of the holidays and then you have the relaxed summer, but it's still the hijinks. It's still the lovable characters. It's still like the things people want during that time because those are very busy times for people's lives. Um, some kids are like getting kids, I mean, some kids, some readers are getting kids to like their summer camps and there's a lot of a hectic schedule and stuff like that. And they just want downtime and then 
December is madness as well. So readers are looking for things to relax and to have a good time with, to laugh, and to really cheer for your lovable characters. And you could still have, like, one of the tropes for holiday books is, like, you know, you have to road trip home with someone you hate to go to the family thing. And you could do road trips in the summer as well. But um, I think that's why these two certain types of reads are very popular during these seasons because it's what people are looking for. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned before, uh, one of my favourite uh, authors, uh, straight romance authors, is a woman called Sarah Morgan, and she just writes two books a year. She writes a summer book and a Christmas book. So she's got she's got this shit figured out. She's always spending the summer write, writing her Christmas book in her little... Uh, she's got a, a wonderful garden shed in her lovely quintessentially British garden. And then in the winter, she's writing her summer book. So, uh, yeah, she, she, she writes them uh, in the wrong seasons, but she gets them out in the right seasons. So obviously we're too late for, a, if you're writing one now, you're too late for a beach read. But if you're writing a Christmas book, you're not too late, everyone. I just wanted to say as well, I wanted to let you go and let get your five points out and uh, really good points and all true. But I would also say that beach reads, um, really, when you look at it, they're just books that readers want to read. And I don't necessarily think they absolutely have to feature a beach. They don't necessarily have to be set in the height of summer. They don't have to have people in swimming costumes. They don't have to have, no sand needs to be disturbed. Beach reads are just feel-good reads. That's what they are. They're uplifting reads. There still needs to be conflict, but it doesn't have to be too heavy, like you said. So no hard-hitting topics, but they've just got to be easy, breezy reads. Just coming back to the uh, Christmas novel. Now, obviously, if you're going to do a beach read, the ideal time to put it out there. Um, and, you know, think about your titles as well. So, you know, um, if you could put the word summer or in the title, that would be great because titles that smack a reader in the face with what it's all about uh, work. So, you know, I've put out three Christmas books and I've always got the word Christmas in the title because I want it to be really clear that this is a Christmas book. So, um, and you know, I think any future titles will probably have Christmas in them in some way, shape or form. So put summer or put beach or put island or uh, as TB said, it doesn't have to be necessarily be a beach, but you know, some kind of exotic location works. But if you're, go if you're doing Christmas novel, it's June. So now you should, if you haven't started writing it for this year, start now. Is this is your, consider this your stopwatch, your time clock. Because ideally, your Christmas novel wants to come out in the last half of October or the first half of November. Anything else, and you won't get the run-up on the sales period that you want, and you want to make sure that as many people can see your book and read it. Because there is a, you know, while people, some people do buy Christmas books all year round, most people just buy it in the window of mid-October to mid-January. That's your Christmas window. So there's only three months. Whereas if you uh, do a beach read, people will buy it all year round. Just remember that if you're gonna do a Christmas novel, remember that you need to get it out. So think about your story now. Get all your festive elements in there. Hallmark Christmas movies always have a gingerbread making scene. They always have a tree lighting ceremony. They always have people decorating the tree. You know, things like that, like classic scenes that people want. Have, have them ice skating. And you know, the same as TB said for beach reads. But if you're doing a Christmas one, get your cover sorted, book your editor and your proofer. This is your alarm. You want to have everything done by the end of September, ideally, and then get ready to market and cross-promote this book. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Sure. But 
you know, I, I remember. Well, Exton, you're like bringing down the hair. <laughs> TB's the TB's the optimist today. I'm like, get up, fucking move on. <laughs> La dee da, you're fine. Everything's fine. It's summer. It's easy breezy time. Don't panic. <laughs> I'm not writing uh, a Christmas book this year. I write one every other year. So uh, this is not my Christmas year. This is my fallow Christmas year. <laughs> but I'll be looking forward to all the Christmas books that are coming out because I do like to read them. Uh, not as much as I like watching the Hallmark Christmas movies, of course. I remember writing Christmas in Mistletoe back in June. I remember writing The Christmas Catch. I was a bit... Um, no, I wrote that really early last year, didn't I? I wrote it in, in December, January, February. So, yeah, I mean, you can write them any time of year, but just remember you have to have them ready to go because there's no other book that's as critical to get it right than a Christmas book or a festive book of, of any sort. What do you mean get it right? Uh, time-wise. Oh, time-wise. Yeah. yeah, there is there is a... Yeah, two people do read it throughout the year, but if you want the high point, yeah, uh, you want to release it October-ish, Yeah. November. Pe- People, late October-ish, early November-ish. Yeah, people do read it, but there is a significant drop-off in January when people just, you know, leave Christmas behind, pack their decorations away. Uh, but for instance, we did it with uh, One Golden Summer, our, our co-write. We launched that in June. Probably the ideal uh, time to launch your summer book. So probably the ideal time to launch your summer book is May-June. And we specifically put the word summer in it because we want we knew we wanted it to be a beach read and it's got sandy beaches in it and it's in a very pr- uh, pretty beachside location. Sandy beaches on the UK coast, which are different from sandy beaches from what I'm used to. But you you confused me because we were talking about Christmas and you said we did it in one golden summer. I'm like, I don't remember a Christmas scene. <laughs> I was like, I remember it being warm and everything, not, not Christmas Eve. I'm sure we're confusing everybody, to be frank, because, you know, we're meant to be talking about beach trees and now we've segued into Christmas. But, you know, as TB said, they are all connected. They're all tied up. Uh, and if you did nothing else but release a beach read and a Christmas read every year, you'd be doing pretty well. You know, like you'd you'd probably gain a good following because people would know what to expect a la, a la what Sarah Morgan does. But you know, she has, uh, she's got like 40, 50 years of publishing behind her. So she can just, she's in her mid seventies now. She can afford to just sit in a garden shed and do two books a year. Although saying that, that's what I'm doing at the moment. So um, I'm not mid seventies. Oh, okay, I am, I'm looking really good for it. There you go. There you go. Own it. Yeah. Own it. Own it. <laughs> so we hope this was useful to you. Uh, if you're going to do a beach read, remember, you can we can launch any time of year because beach reads are, everybody always wants to read about um, a tale set on a lovely island or by a beach or in a sunny location. Sunny location. Sunshine is your marketable element here. We hope that you, the five tips were good and we hope that our Christmas alarm has got you in Christmas mode. I'm not ready for Christmas in any way, she can TV is resolutely shaking her head. Uh, Now, we just also want to mention that we are taking a summer break, talking of summer and beach. So, uh, we, TV's going off on holiday, and then I'm going off on holiday. So, uh, our next podcast will, I think we're taking a break for five weeks, because uh, that's how the timing's worked out. Our next podcast will come out on July the 24th. So, yeah, it's about about a month and a bit. So, um, have a lovely... uh, rest of June and the beginning of July and we'll see you towards the end of July yes yes I'm looking forward to having some time off I'm not gonna lie it's gonna be nice yes so yes. Our, our summer break is upon us and if you want to get in touch with us and tell you what else what you think of this episode or ask us any questions or possible topics for future episodes do get in contact 
on the website lesbiansyouwrite.com email us lesbiansyouwrite at gmail.com facebook us twitter us at lesyouwrite and instagram me at clairefic until then have a lovely time we'll see you soon good luck keep writing bye everybody Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.